Welcome to Automotive Insiders, the podcast series presented by OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. You'll hear from automotive industry experts on the critical issues that are impacting the mobility landscape. Get actionable insights on how to thrive in Automotive 2.0. Now, here's your Automotive Insiders host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to OESA's Automotive Insiders Podcast. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Very happy to be here. I have two very interesting, interesting ladies in the automotive field. We have some very fascinating topics that are going to impact whoever you are, wherever you are, and whatever your company and your business are. So listen up. I'm going to introduce you in a moment to Cheryl Thompson. She's the founder of the Center for Automotive Diversity, Inclusion, and Advancement called CADIA, C-A-D-I-A. She'll tell us all about it. And we have Kiana Mann. She has a long title as well, Senior Manager, Council Communications and Planning at OESA. Ladies, welcome. So happy to meet you. I met you about eight minutes ago. I'm fascinated with your backgrounds and what you do. And let's be honest here, diversity, inclusion, advancement, these are top of mind topics, right, Cheryl and Kiana, for anybody in business, people who have a job, who don't, who have companies, who are reopening them after the post-pandemic. And this is really something we need to talk about. So I'd love to have the two of you introduce yourself. Cheryl, please do me the honor, start first and tell us what you do about Cadia and mm, what's your passion for this topic. And then we'll get to your backstory after that. Go ahead, Cheryl. Welcome. Okay, great. Thank you, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. So the Center for Automotive Diversity, Inclusion, and Advancement is a nonprofit that is focused on advancing DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion in the automobility industry. And our mission is to double the number of diverse leaders in automotive by 2030. So I like to call that our BHAG, our big, hairy, audacious goal. And we work with companies in terms of supporting leadership commitment, right? It has to start at the top. Bottom up is great, but uh, top down is even better. We support diverse talent in terms of um, helping them position themselves for advancement. What are the right roles to take on for getting into leadership? And then the third thing is, what is the systemic change that needs to happen in order to make our environments more equitable and inclusive? Very interesting that you use the phrase, Cheryl, systemic change. We see that in so many places. We're not going to talk politics today, but systemic, long time ingrained, right, around something that's part of infrastructure, perhaps, culture, society, civilization, and something that needs to be dealt with. Thank you very much, Cheryl. Pleasure to meet you. Kiana Mann, you're up next. Kiana, welcome. So happy to meet another part of the OESA family. I don't know why we didn't meet sooner. We've been doing this for about a year. Would you please introduce yourself, Kiana? Yes, and I'm happy to be here as well with you, Bonnie, and also Cheryl. Again, I'm Kiana Mann, and I'm Senior Manager of Council Communications and Planning at OESA. And I am honored to um, also um, be a part of this discussion today to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and why it's going to be important to OESA to um, embark this journey. And I know for me personally, um, I'm doing this for, for my daughter. Um, again, this will open the doors for her to have the opportunities 
um, to to show up as she as she is um, in which she's ambitious. And so with diversity, equity and inclusion um, uh, being, um, again, very um, important in organizations, this would give her the opportunity again to show up and also be the leader that I know she will one day be. So I'm ready for our discussion today. Thank you for that perspective. See, Kiana, you made it real. You're a real person. You have a daughter. You have hopes, dreams, wishes. And I'm going to add the word expectations. You're expecting, right, Cheryl, that the world will be a place that will accept your daughter as she is and help her move ahead in her dreams and goals and allow her to be a contributor. Wow, this is interesting. Yes. <laughs> Didn't know we'd go here. I, lo- I love the personal stories because this makes our speakers, Cheryl and Kiana, so real to our listeners, to our viewers. Let's even get a little more real before we get down to our, our big time topics here today. Cheryl Thompson, I read your information you sent me before the show, and you have an interesting background. You almost landed in one profession. You did land in another. You got here somehow. We'd love to have your backstory. Would you share that with us, Cheryl, please? Absolutely. I ended up in the automotive industry by accident. I had no plans um, to be here, but I, you know, I had plans to go to college when I was in high school. I wanted to do something with computer science. It was the, the mid-80s and computers were just kind of being introduced and I thought it was such a great field to get into. And I ended up having my son when I was 18 and I was waitressing. It was a great way to be able to support us. Tip money is, uh, was better than minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And my dad was an engineer at Ford Motor Company. And he said, you know, listen, Cheryl, if you're going to be waitressing, why not apply to Ford Motor Company? At the time, food service was in-house. And so he convinced me to go apply. My mom drove me to the World Headquarters building in Dearborn. And I went in. I was wearing a gray suit, pantyhose, and heels. I went in and put, put an application in, and they hired me on the spot. Like, they handed me an apron, and they said, can you start right now? <laughs> So I had to go back out to the car and ask my mom to pick me up later. And there I was washing dishes in the basement of World Headquarters in my gray suit and my heels. So from there, I got to work in the executive dining room, the penthouse. And a couple of years in, they were trying to recruit women and minorities into the skilled trades. Electrician, pipe fitter, I was in. But they put me in tool and die. And I had no idea what that was. I thought, Bonnie, I was going to uh, make tools and dye them, (laughs) which, uh, you know, we know is not the case. So I I had a great apprenticeship. It was a four-year program at the Rouge Complex, and it was a great foundation for engineering. I was a journey person for a couple of years, and I had a superintendent who was a mentor. And this was a mentor before I even knew what the word meant, who came beside me and said, you know, Cheryl, you don't want to be wrenching on tools your entire career. A lot of die makers have gone into engineering. So he opened up his network to me, and that is how I found myself in engineering. So my background is operations and manufacturing engineering on the vehicle side and powertrain, so making engines, transmissions, and axles. Cheryl, I'm, I, you had me at gray suit, pantyhose, and high heels. <laughs> and the reason is that's how... I started my first job, but I was a computer programmer, and I got into that totally by accident. I have a few years on you, probably quite a few, and I was 
a decade before you got into what you did, but I'm called an early woman in tech. And I remember I used to sew all my own clothes and I had two business suits that were gray, a bunch of blouses. I wore high heels all the time and God help us, we were in the pantyhose day. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, it, there was so much that rang, rang familiar to me, Cheryl, when you were speaking. All I can say is, I'm grateful to you for sharing that story so so openly, so proudly. Who would know from waitressing to dyeing tools, you thought, <laughs> to working your way up and gaining a trade at, at a big motor company. Very, very impressive. Thank you. You've you made my day really. That was that was lovely. I know we have more to talk about. Kiana, let's hear a little bit about your background. How did you come to OESA? Why is how does this industry mean something to you? Did you want to get into automo- automotive? When did you drive your first car? Anything. Talk to me, Kiana. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to probably jump on the bandwagon and say it was by accident, too. Um, But for me, um, believe it or not, and I may be telling my age, but a employee book newspaper ad uh, came to my doorstep. And that is an OESA was looking for an event event registration coordinator. Mm -hmm. And so... I had the skill set that they were looking for. And so I applied for the job and I was able to now be a part of this uh, evolving industry in the automotive sector and now also be able to have conversations with my dad. So, again, I started got my start in the automotive industry by an employment ad that came directly to my doorstep. And so with my association background, database management um, experience, and also the customer service oriented skills, along with how I connect with people, have definitely uh, paved my way in the automotive industry and at OESA. So this is how I got my start in the automotive industry. Kiana, love your story. And what's interesting is we always say, if the door isn't opening for you, kick it in. That's what I tell people. Or find that little crack in the window and open it. That's what I've done. I'm on my seventh career, I think now. But you literally, Kiana, opened the door and the ad was there. Yes, that's a story for the ages. It really is. Ladies, I'm so impressed by both of you. And I can't wait to pick your brains on our topics today. So let's get started on the serious part. I know that our our listeners will enjoy knowing who you are first. Now let's get down to business here. Let's start out with the first topic Cheryl sent me. Let me read just a little bit, Cheryl. I don't want to want to sit here and read. I want to hear from you. You'll talk for a couple minutes, then we'll ask Kiana for her, her POV to add. And then we'll go through some other topics from Kiana and then back to Cheryl. So Cheryl says there are many drivers, pun intended, we're talking automotive here, many drivers that support the business case for diversity, equity, and inclusion. The one most people can get behind is talent. I'm going to stop there, Cheryl. Let's get your part of this. What are you talking about? Unpack it for me, please. (laughs) Yes. So there's a lot of visibility and exposure on the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion. If you just Google the business case for DEI, all kinds of reports will come up. Some people look at those with skepticism. It talks about how companies are more profitable, we're better able to solve problems, um, that we have better performance, but people still have a hard time with the business case. 
When you talk about talent, that resonates with people, especially in our industry, because talent is something that we're all concerned about, not only current talent, but the ability to attract and retain retain future talent. So when we look at the demographics, we know last year, 50.2% of the population under the age of 18 came from an ethnic group or, or a minority race, right? So if we're not being more inclusive with our recruiting efforts, we're only going to be getting 50% of the population. And when we look at Gen Z, their values are different, right? They value equity. They value mm-hmm. authenticity. They're looking for this in an employer. Uh, so I think that's the business case right there that we can all unite behind in this industry. Fascinating. Yes, the demographics, they are a change in, to quote part of a Bob Dylan song. The times, they have been a change in. Kiana Mann, love to get your thoughts on what Cheryl just shared. What do you think? Um, I will have to agree with Cheryl, and that is why um, we are creating the OESA DEI Council. And so with that, this will give the motor vehicle supplier industry, and, and I will say, let me just say, community, um, the opportunity um, to understand um, the importance and learn the benefits of fostering a more diverse equity, inclusion, and a belonging um, workplace. And so with that, you know, it is due to because there is a lack of minority participation um, in the automotive sector. And that includes, again, women, people of color, people with disabilities, the LGBTQ community, and also the diversity of thought and experiences. So, again, this is why this is very important and for us to um, change the narrative in the automotive industry. Kiana, Let's do a little deeper dive here, first with you, and then we'll get Cheryl's conversation on this, her her addition. How do you attract them? How do you tell them, we want you, we welcome you, we will help train you or make sure you get those opportunities? You are an important part of this new community narrative. I'm putting together key words you just shared there, Kiana. I like the way you said that, community and narrative. How do you do that? Do you just put out an ad on somebody's doorstep and say, we're open for business and we'd love to hear from you? What do you do? Well, what we will do, and then again, that is the beauty of us connecting um, with Cheryl and partnering with Cheryl um, in this journey is because, um, for one, Kadia is leading that charge um, in the automotive industry, in the DEI space. And so this will give us this, this opportunity to pull together our resources to educate and to um, share some experiences um, with our industry. Again, develop some plans so that they can do the work. And also, again, raise awareness as well of where they are um, in DE&I and how they can learn to, I'm going to say, learn to develop those plans so that they can execute and push the needle forward in DE&I. Thank you very much. Cheryl, anything you want to add to this before we move on to another topic? 
Yes, yes. I think, um, you know, when I told my story about um, the thinking I was going to make tools and dye them, right, I had no idea that was a profession. I also had no idea I could be an engineer. So I think a big part of being able to attract the non-traditional talent that our industry typically attracts, we have to let people know what the opportunities are. These are lucrative jobs. These are interesting jobs. They're fascinating. There's so much um, potential and opportunity. So I think it's making people aware of what the opportunities are. Also having people like Kiana and myself talking about it so that people can see themselves inside the industry. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's a lot to do that we can do, but I think it's um, partnering with organizations that are focusing on diverse talent. So we've got Society of Women Engineers, the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, National um, uh, Black Society of Engineers. I probably have that wrong, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, these organizations are doing great work. They're giving scholarships. So it's being intentional about reaching out to talent we normally don't think of when we think of the automotive industry. Thank you, Cheryl and Keon. I have, I have a question for both of you. Do you think that new technology, and it's not so new anymore, but it's, let me say exciting technology is going to be an advantage in, in attracting people? Let me tell you why. I have created more than 45 Game Changers radio series for SAP. And we talk about manufacturing. We talk about supply chain. We talk about industries. I have a show called The Future of Cars. It's now turned into the future of mobility and manufacturing. So they're they're getting the automotive side of man and manufacturing itself and automotive and manufacturing, cover everything. And I remember a couple of years ago, a guest on one of my roundtable shows said, the stigma of having to say to a child, we want you to, there's a job in a factory near you, go work in a factory. Somebody said his son was on the shop floor, on the floor of a factory, an assembly line facility, and he was now carrying an iPad and giving commands to the machines. We weren't talking robotics yet, but he was impacting the flow of that supply chain, of that assembly line, and that this young man was excited to be working on the floor with tech that made him feel like he wasn't just pushing a button or moving something along the line. He was making a difference and being part of the process. And they said, no longer is manufacturing something that you say, oh, my kids work in a factory, too bad, can't get wait for him to get home. So any thoughts on that? Is there an excitement, Cheryl, to working in automotive at any level? What do you see? Absolutely, absolutely. The manufacturing facilities are no longer dark, dingy, and dangerous. Um, they're very high tech. They're they're very clean. Um, you would be surprised. People who haven't been inside a manufacturing facility in a while would be surprised. They're fascinating. And then you know you talked about all this new technology. We've got um, augmented reality, machine learning, additive manufacturing, um, autonomous vehicles, electrification. Right, just so much opportunity for cool things to work on. Cool things to work on. Kian, any comments on that? Is that something your daughter is looking forward to? Cool things to work on? Oh, absolutely. And, and again, my daughter is definitely tech savvy. So again, I can see how she can contribute um, to the automotive industry. And again, designing what the inside of the car should look like from a woman's perspective. Ooh. Okay. So again, my daughter is... Uh, designing clothes and matching things up, but I can just see her doing the same thing of, again, what's important that should be inside a vehicle that um, 
kind of will, 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 will help me, you know, while I'm driving, maybe while I'm on the phone and all these other little things and what color should look good and what components should be added inside of a vehicle. I, I see her doing that now, just how she likes to, to, to create different designs and, and fashion. So I, I see how it can definitely be applied. That is exciting. Right, Cheryl? That That is exciting. Absolutely. Dress for automotive success. Dress for comfort. Dress for efficiency. Dress for travel. Dress for who you are. Be you in the car. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Kiana, we got to get your daughter on one of these shows or else on one of my other shows. Have to talk to her. Absolutely. We have one more topic, a big topic to cover. I'm going to read some from some of your notes, Cheryl. You say millennial and Gen Z talent expect their employer to have a strategy for DE&I. And Glassdoor, you say just introduced a diversity and inclusion rating. I'm going to stop there. Cheryl, tell us more, please. Yes, yes. So millennials and, and Gen Zs, more importantly, they grew up with diversity. So they expect it. And when they're looking for an employer, they want to see diversity in that leadership team. That's one of the biggest draws is, do I see myself in leadership? Is there a career path forward? Because they'll self-select out if they don't see that possibility. Um, So they expect it. Um, Glassdoor, yes, they introduced that rating Uh, which is really cool. The other thing that Glassdoor allows employees to do is to comment on the culture. Is it inclusive? So now talent is going to have a window inside to what would it be like to work there? Um, And we also know from recruiters that three out of four job seekers are looking for diversity and inclusion in terms of strategy when they're evaluating an employer or job offers. Thank you very much, Kiana. Any remarks on this? We're going to wrap after this. So, Kiana, what do you think? Um, no, I just, again, I have to agree with Cheryl. Um, again, you do want to see that representation there um, in those leadership roles. And um, that is why we're, we're, we're doing the work. We're ready to do the work in this space to, to make that come to fruition. Thank you very much. I have enjoyed speaking with both of you immensely. Cheryl, any parting words quickly from Katie to the listeners about the future of DE&I? Any, any hope you want to give? Are we moving forward, marching ahead, making progress? Cheryl Thompson? We have great awareness. I think that the events of the spring and summer uh, combined with the pandemic um, have brought more awareness to some of the inequities that we have. And I'm just thrilled to be partnering with uh, OESA and MEMA. Um, on their diversity council. I just think about the impact that we can make together and it's huge. Thank you. Kiana Mann, let's have some parting words from you. How's the future looking from your standpoint or your viewpoint, Kiana? Um, Again, we are just delighted to be partnering uh, with Kadia. Um, Again, I just know personally, um, I have been able to um, leverage um, Kadia's, uh, the work that they have been doing in DE&I. And this is why um, the the initiatives, the knowledge that Cheryl has shared, um, I have been able to uh, put in place at OESA. And while we feel that DE&I is important and also this partnership. And so, again, I'm going to stress again, we are just so elated to be doing this work with her. So one thing that I do want to share is that we just want our members to, again, Accept the journey that they're on. Again, come with um, an open mind. Um, Be prepared to um, 
learn some new strategies and also be a part of the process of thinking thinking about something we can do collectively um, in the industry that we can really um, make an impact on in our community as well. So thank you. Thank you, Kiana. Together, community, together forever. There was a song, Together Forever. I won't sing because I'll mess this up. Thank you very much. Let's do a shout out to Adam Slayman at OESA, April Buford, and the president and CEO of OESA, Julie Freem, who's been on with me several times. Thank you all for your leadership at OESA. Thank you to Cheryl Thompson for your time and your brilliant concepts. Kiana Mann, same thing. Brilliant insights. I appreciate both of you. I applaud you. I wish you well and just go forward onward. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. Signing off for Automotive Insiders. Bonnie? Yes, dear. I'm sorry to interrupt, but can I make one other request? Sure. For our industry um, industry leaders and OESA and also the motor vehicle um, industry as well, our divisions rather. Um, to learn more about the OESA DEI Council, I would definitely like for them to either reach out to me personally if they would like to join the council to learn mm-hmm. more about the council. And they can also go to the OESA website at OESA.org again to learn more about the council and also to join the council as well. That information is on our website. Thank you. I always close with OESA.org, and thank you for doing that with me, for me, and before me. (laughs) Kiana, we never forget that. Now, Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Everybody have a great day. Be safe, be smart, be savvy, and we'll talk to you again soon. Wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA. Listen at your convenience to industry thought leaders as they discuss the ever-evolving industry and how companies can thrive in the new mobility landscape. All episodes are on demand on the Voice America Business Channel and at OESA.org. Automotive Insider is presented by the Original Equipment Suppliers Association.